Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov to all of you listeners of this beautiful station, a station that broadcasts only Divrei Torah, Divrei Musar, Divrei Allah, religious music. This is Rabbi Albaz from SLC, and I'm going to speak about the parasha we read yesterday, Parashat Tetzaveh. First thing the, in the parasha that talks about the oil, the oil which was used for the menorah. And the Torah says that this has to be pure. The purest oil had to be used for the menorah. And now, if it's not so pure, it could be used for other things. It could be used for menorah, for korbanot, for other things. But as far as the menorah is concerned, it has to be the purest. What's the idea behind this? Because the menorah happens to be symbolic of the Torah. The Torah has to be kept pure all the time. From the time of Moshe Rabbeinu all the way down till our time. The Torah has to be kept pure with no foreign elements coming into it. We always have to study the Torah of our Hachamim, the Torah of our Rabbanim, the pure. We don't accept any foreign ideas in the Torah. So the oil also was pure. Now, one, one of the things, the interesting things about the oil is that we say that the Bnei Israel also are compared to the oil. And the reason being that the oil is one liquid that cannot be mixed with other liquids. It, you can mix uh, you know, whiskey and, and, and wine or whiskey and arak and whatever, but if you try to mix oil with something else, the oil always stays separate. It will float to the top. So are the Bnei Israel. They don't mix. As we say, Hamavdil, Ben Kodesh Lehol, Ben Or Lahoshech, or Ben Israel Laamim. We have to keep our identity. We have to keep our Torah and our mitzvot. And that's why we are distinguished with that particular thing which is our Torah. Now, since we're talking about the menorah, I would like to say something about that. There seems to be a contradiction in Tuma Amarim of Rashi Alava Shalom regarding the menorah. Now, Rashi in Pasuk Lamed Aleph in Perek Kafhei, he says, the Torah says, Mikshat Te'ase HaMenorah. The menorah was made miksha, was miksha mean. In other words, you cannot take every piece of the menorah, make it separately, and then somehow solder them together. That's not the way. It has to be miksha. Miksha means as a whole. You take a big piece of gold, and you start knocking, and from it, you somehow 
bring up the entire menorah with its knobs, with its cups, with its flowers, with the branches, by chiseling here and there until you get the menorah. has to be all one. Nothing is connected or joined or glued or anything, or one unit. But it says, te'aseha menorah. What does te'aseh mean? That it was done. The menorah somehow was made by itself. So that she says like this, me'eleha, by itself. Lefi shehaya Moshe mitkasheba, Moshe Rabbeinu had a hard time understanding how to fabricate the menorah. So Hashem said to him, you know what? Take this kika, which is approximately 100 pounds of gold, a big piece of gold, throw it into the fire, and lo and behold, you have a menorah all made up. On the other hand, Rashid tells us in, in Pasuk Mem, in other words, Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, take a look, and do as I'm showing you now. What happens here? What, what, what do you mean take a look? He says, Hashem showed Moshe Rabbeinu an actual picture in fire of the menorah. So what happened here? Was it that the menorah was made by itself? Or... Was it that Moshe Rabbeinu Hashem said to Mureva, I said, take a look and do it. What happened here? The Sfat Emet tells us the following. Really, what happened was first Hashem gave the specifications of the menorah to Moshe Rabbeinu. He told him, here's what you have to do. You have to have, to have seven branches. You have to have so many cups and you have to have so many uh, knobs and so many flowers and so many branches and so on and so forth. And go ahead and do it. Moshe Rabbeinu could not do it. He was not successful. It was the only vessel, actually, in the Mikdash, that he, in the Mishkan, that he couldn't do. He didn't have a problem with the Shulchan. He didn't have a problem with the uh, Mizbeach and so on. But this one, he did. So, okay, so Moshe Rabbeinu went ahead. He tried. Spent time. He toiled on it. Could not do it. So, he went back to Hashem. I cannot do it, you know. I, I still, I, I know, I cannot somehow uh, fabricate the mirror according to the specifications. So Hashem said, you know what? Okay, I'm going to show it to you. I'll show you a picture of it. He showed him the picture. Moshe Rabbeinu went back again and tried very hard. and He toiled and sweated on it, but it didn't come out. It, it, he couldn't do it either. So then Hashem said to him, you know what? Just take it, throw it into the fire, and the menorah came out. Now, we, perhaps uh, the, 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 there's a big question here. Why did Hashem have to tell Moshe Rabbeinu, go ahead, here's the spec, go do it. Spend time on it. Comes back, okay, I'll show you a picture. Spend time on it. And then at the end, it tells him, Okay, let let it let it go by itself. It'll be a miracle. Why couldn't I shop from the very beginning? Tell Moshe Rabbi, you know what? Just take this uh, the gold right away and put it into the fire, and that's the end of that. That's that's one question. 
But before I answer that question, perhaps we can understand something here. Why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu had a hard time understanding only this menorah? Perhaps, since the menorah actually is symbolic of the Torah, and the Torah is Rehava Miniyam, Torah is huge, not so easy. The people spend their entire life in the Torah and still are not finished with it. Perhaps that's why Moshe Rabin was bothered. You know, they say about Hakam Abadiyah Yosef, Alava Shalom. A couple of months before he passed away, and he was telling everybody, please pray for me, pray for me, I need more time, I need more time. And they asked him, what, what do you need the more time for? He says, I have so much, so much more to go over, so much more sefarim to write. He's got plenty more, he needs the time. Rabbutai, we're talking about a Tamit Hakam that was a Gaon Adir, was a great Matmid from early morning till late at night, wrote so many Sepharim, read so much, and still, after 93 years, still was not able. Just no, I didn't read enough. I, I, I have to go more, I have to write more. I got plenty, plenty to go. Perhaps that's what bothered Moshe Rabbeinu. And that's why the menorah was hard for him to understand. But why did Hashem tell him twice? Go work on it, and then again, and then he worked on it. Couldn't do it. Then he said, okay, go ahead. Here's, here's the picture, and so on and so forth. I think here lies a very important principle. In Judaism. But I would like to bring an illustration from a famous story in the Tanakh, in Melachim. This story has to do with Hiskiyah HaMelech. Hiskiyah HaMelech was a big tzaddik, a Talmud Hakam. He made sure that everyone in the kingdom was studying Torah, even the kids. And according to Hazal, even he almost was made a Mashiach. That's how great he was. Yet, the Tanakh says in Melachim Bet, Perek Kaf, Perek Kaf, Bayamim Hahem Chalach Iskiyahu Lamut. Those days, Chizkiyahu HaMelech was sick and about to die. What happened? Come the prophet Ishayahu bin Amutz, and he said to him, Thus said HaKadosh Baruch, Tzav lebitcha. Go ahead, instruct, give instructions to your home about your wills, about what's going to be in the future, because Kimet Ata he said he's going to die and he's not going to live. Obviously, the, 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 if he's going to die, he's not going to live. What's the idea? He's going to die and not live. 
So the uh, the Gemara says that he's going to die in this world and he's not going to live in the next world. So, Hiskiyahu, the king says to Yeshayahu, what's, what's, uh, <laughs> what did I do so wrong that I deserve such kind of a, a treatment? He said to him, because you did not get married and you did not have children. You were not mekayem the mitzvah of peria veribia. So Chizkiyahu Meir said to him, very simple. I saw Beruach HaKodesh to my dad that I'm going to have children. They're no good. They're going to be Rishayim, so I didn't want to have children. Shaiwa Nabi says to him, you do your job. Your job here in this world is to, to fulfill the will of the body Olam. Your job is not to philosophize, not to look into the future, not to figure out what's going to be, what's not going to be. Our task in this world is very simple. Fulfill the will of HaKadosh Baruch. And you didn't. So... According to the, uh, the Midrash, they said, he said to him, okay, uh, you're a Navi, I'm a king that's been doing all kinds of good things, so perhaps with the Zechut of your Zechut, my Zechut, you give me your daughter, and I'll marry her, and I'll have, maybe I'll have good children. So Yeshaya said to him, forget it, it's too late now. Forget it. The Gezerah has already been done. So Chizkiah Amir says to him, okay, you know what? Finish your nevuah and just go. And then it says in the Tanakh, Vayasevet Panavilakir Vaitpalel Hashem. Eskiel got up and went next to the wall and he prayed with great kavanah to Akalush Baruchu. He prayed very intently. Then Ishayahu, even before he had the chance to go out to the, to the palace, Hashem came to him and he said to him, go back to Hezekiah and tell him that he's going to have another 15 years added to his life. This is the story. The question comes up is, why Hezekiahu Amelech, why was he punished so harshly because he didn't have children. After all, we're only talking about a mitzvah aseh. Having children a mitzvah aseh. It's like, let's say, mitzvah sukkah. Sukkah is mitzvah, is aseh. Well, if a person does not sit in the sukkah, so what's happening here? That means that met v'lo yichyeh, that person is going to die? And in this world and in the next, what's the idea? Why over here we're saying that Chizkiyahu was going to be punished very severely? The answer is this. It's one thing if a person does not do a mitzvah by accident. Perhaps. Perhaps he couldn't. Or perhaps he had a hard time. It was not easy for him to do so. But when a person chooses not to do a mitzvah willfully, that's no good. 
That's bad. We are the servants of HaKadosh Baruch. We are Avadim to Hashem. An Eved that gets a hundred instructions from his master and he tells to his master, you know what? 99 of those instructions I will do, but that last one, I don't want to do it. He's not an Eved. He has no say in the matter. When a master says, do so, you do so. You don't choose not to do so. He chose not to get married and have children because he had something. But hey, this is not our job here. Our job in this world is not to look at what's going to be in the future. We do what Hashem tells us to do. Which means we always have to try as hard as possible to toil if we have to in order to do Ram's vote. And if we don't succeed, so so be it. This is the lesson that Hashem was teaching Moshe Rabbi in the menorah. Go do it. Can't do it. Go ahead again. Toil. Labor on it. Try your best. You don't succeed, it doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, if a person, for example, says, okay, I'm going to learn this uh, Daf Gemara. And he starts learning day to night and a whole week spent on it and he doesn't succeed to actually understand it. What does that mean? He did nothing? No. He will get the reward anyway. He'll get the Sakhar for the learning, for spending the time for toiling on it. So Hashem wanted to teach us through Moshe Rabbeinu that we always have to do the best we can to try. Not to give up from the very beginning. Oh, I can't get up tomorrow. It's going to be 20 degrees, 25 degrees. What do you mean you can't get up? Why not? Get up. Go to the synagogue. Go to pray. It's so hot if it's cold. Dress yourself, warm and go. I cannot do this. Uh, the, 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 uh, uh, I cannot learn this. I cannot do this. What do you can't? Try it. If you, can, if you try and then you're not successful, okay, for so, so, so be it. But at least you've tried. And this is, this is what it is. Moshe Rabbeinu has tried. And many times Moshe Rabbeinu tries. And he tries a lot for the Bnei Israel. In fact, I'm going to change course a little bit, but it's still you know, within the same thing. Moshe Rabbeinu's name in this parasha of the, of, uh, we read yesterday does not appear. The only parasha between Shemot and Mas'eh where Moshe Rabbeinu does not appear. Or oh, in Sefer Bereshit, it doesn't appear because he wasn't born yet. Sefer Debarim, maybe yes, maybe not, but that's because Moshe Rabbeinu himself was talking. But in, in between, there's always the name of Moshe, of Moshe Rabbeinu. But why wasn't his name in Parashat Yitzhah? Well, he tried very, very hard, Moshe Rabbeinu, for the purpose of saving the Bnei Israel. Told Moshe Rabbeinu after the sin of the Egel, you know what? 
He says, let me, and I'm going, God for Hasbi Shalom, eliminate the Bnei Israel. And then I'll make you a great nation. And Moshe Rabbeinu answered, no way. If you forgive them, okay. If not, then blot me out. Erase me altogether from the, uh, from the Torah. Now Moshe Rabbeinu, actually his prayer later on as we see was accepted. So the fact that he said bought me out, he wasn't. Yet, because he said the word, he, he, he uttered those words, Mehenina, so that's why his name did not appear in at least one parasha, which is parasha Tisavim. This is telling us that the word of a tzaddik is very important. Whether it is conditional or whether it is unintentional, still something from it is going to happen. As we see by Rachel Imenu, when she took the Terafim, those, uh, the Avodazara of her father, she took it, actually she meant well because she didn't want her father to be Obed Avodazara. But then, when Lavan came after Yaakov, and he said to him, well, how come you took my uh, Terafim, you know, what did you them for? He said, like, whoever took him, Lo will not will not live. Because he mentioned those words, even though he absolutely had nothing in mind to punish or to give any punishment whatsoever to her to his uh, beloved Rachel. Still, because he said that he uttered those words. That's why Rachel Imenu she passed away before her time. And you know, they, 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 they tell a story about the Gaon Vilna. The Gaon Vilna, one time in Shahrit, you know, he was praying. And one kid came and he, like he sat on his uh, talit. And the kid doesn't know, he's a kid, you know, a seven-year-old kid doesn't know from nothing. So the Gaon Vilna turns to him, he says, you should live until a hundred, please. You know, just free my talit. Get up and let me, let me take my talit back. So the kid got up and, and so on. So his father asked him, what did the gown say to you? And he told me this, this, and that. He says, that is the most beautiful beracha. That's a great blessing, he says. You're going to live until 100. They say that when he, this kid became old, when he was 97 years old, and he had a very, very bad sickness, and the doctor came to see him and said to him, he's not going to live more than another six weeks. He answered to him, doctor, go back to your practice. I got three more years to go. That's what the government said, and that's what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. He passed away at a ripe age of 100 years and a couple of days, a few days later. 
This is the word of a tzaddik. Whether chas v'shalom it is for a kelana, or chas v'shalom it is for a beracha, it, it's there. Something is going to happen because of a tzaddik. Retzon yere'av ya'aseh akadosh baruch hu does the will of those who fear him, the tzaddikim and the hasidim of, the, of our world. There are a lot of stories about Baba Saleh when he says something and all of a sudden, lo and behold, it comes up. And the, 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 this is extremely important. And anyone that is considers himself or other people consider, consider him to be a great person, a Tamid Hakam or a pious person should never, never utter a kelala in his life. Only berachot. Because you never know. It might do something. Only berachot. Only blessings. And it doesn't matter. Even a simple person gives you a beracha. Accept it. The word, especially if it is the word of a tzaddik. that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would help us that we always will try to do, as we said before, always try and always be kind and give, only give blessings to your fellow man. Rabbutai, again, I just want to uh, urge you again, if you can help this station, that will be a great thing. We always have to perpetuate this great broadcasting station also if you have any simha come look us up we have a beautiful uh, new social hall and i'm sure you you'll like it and i was sure we have a, a breathtaking aruna kodesh come take a look at it you you won't be sorry even if you make a special trip just to see it and shavuatov